Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 166. This week on the show, I've got an incredible conversation with Addy of the band Hallocene. Um, it's a band that I've followed for a long time, been a big you know, supporter of what they do, um, all the way back since the fucking MySpace days. Um, it was really cool connecting with Addy and, and talking about, you know, remembering all the way back to MySpace when, uh, you know, random message at some point for those of you that had MySpace back in the day, um, you know, what an incredible, marketing tool but spam machine it was as well and um yeah hallocene was one of those bands that stuck out to me even back then and it's been really cool to see their journey and see their growth and um especially like addy and talk i talk about here um over the last few years the last you know two or three really gaining a lot of of steam and momentum and you know, building an audience within Twitch and TikTok and um, always being on this cutting edge of what is viable and efficient for marketing as a band, as well as uh, to just, you know, be as viral as possible. Um, we all grew up in the, the prime age of YouTube's birth and Vine and again, MySpace and all that shit. So, uh, we talked a lot about, you know, defining their sound, redeveloping it over the years, really building, um, their voices, whether it's Brad screaming or Addy's ability and vocal range to hit octaves that most people cannot. Um, and we talked about all the fun that they've had along the way. We talked about their recent move to Nashville, Tennessee from Arizona as well. And, you know, some of the challenges that come with that, but the um, reassurance at the same time that it's the right move. So it was just this really dope conversation, and I'm, I'm really glad that she took the time to have it with us. And I um, hope you guys are going to enjoy this episode like I think you will. So this is my conversation with Addy of the band Hallocene. Awesome. Uh, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time, just because I refuse to sit down and think of a better one. Uh, it's the simple introduction. Who are you? Little background on yourself and kind of why are we having this conversation? Uh, my name is Addie. I sing for the band Hallocene and we've been playing since 2008. Believe it or not, I'm getting up there. Um, but we've got a new album, Maleficent, coming out this Friday, actually. So it's going to be out very soon. Yeah. Dope. Um, and like we were saying just before this, you know, I've kind of seen your journey this whole whole time. So um, I wanted to, to touch on some of that. You know, you guys have been around since 2008, kind of flying under the radar. And it seems like COVID. That's a nice horrific... way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like COVID, as horrific as it was, obviously, was kind of a godsend for you guys, because it really seems like that's where it sparked when people were at home looking for outlets, you guys were there on TikTok and, you know, Twitch and all this stuff. And it, it really felt like the cult following started building around that time. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not like here to toot my own horn or anything, but I kind of <laughs> feel like we've always been kind of on the forefront of whatever is like 
digital media and whatever that kind of scene is. We've never really been a traditional band. We never like sat down and recorded an album. And well, I mean, <laughs> we have done that w- back in the day, but like we kind of try to be a little bit more progressive with the way that we do things. And so we were always kind of trying to search for different avenues um, to not just make money, but reach people, reach new audiences. Um, and a big one of that was Twitch, which was something that was, you know, pretty well known, I would say in the gamer community, Mm -hmm. um, but not so much with the music scene until the pandemic hit. And then the musicians didn't know what to do. They couldn't tour anymore. The traditional sense of that, they kind of scrambled and didn't know what to do. So everybody kind of like shoveled into this live streaming thing, like, oh, how do we do this? How do we do this? We'd already been doing it for maybe like three years. So it was really just kind of, um, I mean, definitely a lot of hard work, but definitely luck as well. I mean, we didn't know that any of this was going to happen. I, that sounds weird to say that the pandemic was lucky. It, I always call it the best worst, best worst year ever because right. it was absolutely horrible for so many reasons. Um, but it did, like you said, kind of launch us into this, this new phase of our band, which we've been searching for, for over a decade. And it's just really, really exhil- exhilarating and, and, uh, I don't know, like just so satisfying to finally be, you know, kind of making some progress. Yeah, for sure. And it it's kind of, it's going to sound cheesy. I don't have a way for it not to, but like Always now cheesy. it, yeah, now it feels like you found your voice, right? Like yes. now we're being heard with yeah. what we've been trying for. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of finding your voice, I want to talk about that evolution of your sound because between you and Brad, the the vocal ranges have improved you guys have really pushed forward in not just feeling relaxed in that, you know, oh, we know how to sing. Like, mm-hmm. that's obvious. It's been, let's push the barrier. Let's, you know, find new octaves. Let's, for Brad, let's figure out how to scream for 19 seconds. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we kind of realized that this, this era of the internet, it was kind of entering this, especially with TikTok and the short form content, it was entering this really weird section of just like the strangest talent show you've ever seen. Like people just like, please give me attention. Please just show, like, look what I can do. And I was like, I'm a monkey. I can dance. Let's do this. Like, we don't care. We don't take ourselves very seriously. We know that we have a very serious music career. So I don't mind like doing silly things on the side. Like, I just think it's fun. Uh, so I started this octave hire for no reason thing. I don't know how it popped into my head. I just thought that's hilarious. And, um, really terrible, like just honestly so bad, but so many people loved it. I was not expecting the amount of like fan cults around uh, the phenomena to, to really grow the way that it did. But um, people ask for it all the time still to this day, just sing something an octave higher for no reason. And um, I find it quite annoying, but some people love it. And then as far as Brad singing, (laughs) screaming for uh, extended periods of time, I think that kind of developed out of our life our live stream. Um, he, he was always kind of, he was, he had screamed in the past, you know, before we were even in the band together, but we didn't really incorporate too much of it into our music. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think the fans, we really kind of let the fans drive us in what direction they want us to go. And on the live streams, they realized that he had this fantastic screaming voice and it was kind of being underutilized. And so they kind of pushed him and said, well, what can you do? So they started requesting these songs and uh, songs that we never even heard of before. And, um, you know, we've always been kind of like background fans of Linkin Park, but not like a 
you know, I wouldn't call us like fan. We didn't fangirl out or anything like right. that back in the day. But now we very much are because our fans had requested them so much. But uh, yeah, there's a song called Given Up by by Linkin Park where um, they challenged Brad to, can you can you do this scream? And we heard it for the first time. We were like, there's no way. There's no way he can do that. <laughs> like he's not, he's not, uh, you know, he's incredible. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he's um, screaming all the time or anything. It right. wasn't like a regular thing for him, at least at that point. So I was like, there's no way he can do that. And he just pulls it out of nowhere. And we're like, okay, all right. So he, he can do that now. Yeah. <laughs> and we just kept pushing the limit and pushing the limit. I think his record is like 49 seconds or something, something ridiculously absurd. Right. So it just gets weird on our live stream. We like to have fun, like to be entertaining. We get bored and we like to just make ourselves laugh. So that's kind of where those, those moments yeah. kind of come from. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting though, because like you said, you know, having previously not really incorporated the the screaming vocals into the music and then now on the new album especially like with Maleficent right having him in the background doing some of those screams it's like oh there's there's an added layer here now like we have this capability to kind of go in a few different directions we're not pigeonholed into a sound yeah I think that was kind of the foundation of our band is that we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves into one particular genre we wanted to be the people's band and not in like a sellout way just that we appreciate all genres of music we love them all um and you know I definitely got into heavier music when I was younger maybe like the Chiodos and the Flyleafs of that time that was probably about as heavy as I ever got Um, and so when, you know, our fans started saying, we want more screaming, we want more heavy, we want more rasp. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm in, let's go. So it really just kind of felt, felt pretty natural and and came pretty natural to us. So we're really excited that we're kind of in this new phase of our band. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, kind of to drive the point home for people that haven't seen the journey, you guys have worked incredibly hard on it. And, you know, you've done so many different um, covers and things like that to like really showcase, you know, no matter where our fans want the sound, we have the ability to get there, you know? Yeah. um, I think that kind of came, we started doing covers a long time ago. I would say the first one was probably like 2009. I mean, we, we started off as an original band, but, um, I, we very quickly were like, you know, you only have six original songs. How are you going to make a 45 minute set? Let's throw a couple covers in there. And we found out about this like rockifying pop thing that we really fell in Mm -hmm. love with. It was a lot of fun for us to do live. And then when YouTube started kind of becoming a thing, we were like, okay, maybe we could actually like put these out on the internet. How are we going to do that? let's figure out how to use a camera. Let's figure out how to, how to do audio this way and everything. So it was definitely a lot of hard work and, um, independent, uh, research. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we, we kind of, like I said, kind of democratized our band, let our fans carry us in whatever direction we were going to go. Um, we kind of had this like pop phase going on because we kind of thought that's where the music scene was and that's where we should be or whatever. But then, like I said, the fans started asking for Brad screaming more. They started asking for me to do more belty stuff. And I was like, I'm down, let's do it. Yeah. Um, they started requesting wildly different songs. And I, it's just so many times where you, you think that, you know, a, a good like idea. You're like, no, that's not going to work. That's not, there's no way that's going to work. 
kickstart my heart, Motley Crue. That's right. that's so off brand for us. Why would that ever work? And it's one of our biggest songs ever. Chop Suey, System of a Down. What a girl singing that? That's sacrilegious. You couldn't yeah. possibly, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's our fans telling us, no, this is going to be fantastic. And I'm like, all right, you guys know better than us. Let's do it. Whatever. Throw, throw everything at the wall. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to go down the list a little bit, you already named some of them, but you know, when you guys dropped the, how you remind me, I was, I was even <laughs> like, guys, it's Nickelback. Is that a smart move? <laughs> like, Yeah. That was a combination of, I think like Brad and I have always kind of been a little pissed that Nickelback gets shafted so much. Like I don't, really I mean, do. And they've done nothing wrong. No, like. <laughs> they did nothing wrong. I actually watched a whole video. I God, I wish I could remember what it is so I can credit them, but um, it was a whole video on how that actually came about. How did people started hating, hating Nickelback so much? And it kind of came out of like just this one person just saying how much they didn't like them. And then combined com- combined with like the, the radio like overplay yeah. and being overplayed and stuff, but they, I don't think they were ever bad. Like <laughs> they're never yeah. been terrible, maybe a little generic. Maybe that's the worst crime that they've ever made. I, I mean, it's good songwriting, so whatever, but uh, how you remind me, I think it's a fantastic song overplayed. Sure. But that's why we wanted to put our own spin on it. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And you guys are how many episodes deep now in your, um, cover albums you're at volume eight nine something like that I don't even know I think it <laughs> it is is it nine or ten I, I can't I don't actually remember yeah <laughs> yeah we started cataloging them by year um I believe the first volume I just kind of like threw together as many covers you know for a certain section of years because right. it was kind of sporadic in the beginning um and then we just started doing them every single year and I yeah I don't even know what the number is <laughs> I should probably know that but I don't <laughs> I mean it's one of those things right like you're not a cover band so it's not that important no, um, I, I mean, I know how many original albums we have. Because right, that's the important part. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you mentioned YouTube. Let's talk a little bit about that. Because again, you guys being on kind of the, the cutting edge of a lot of this stuff, um, for anybody that's unfamiliar with you guys, I was just looking at your your stats and insane numbers on there. You've got like almost 850,000 subscribers uh, on YouTube. I think it's like 839 uh, right now and over 500 videos. Like there is no shortage of Hallocene on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, what's it like, you know, building, build this library of YouTube and now, you know, Spotify, obviously, as it came through, but like building all of this catalog from the ground up independently. um, Talk a little bit about what went into this grind and, you know, trying to make it work. Yeah, I mean, I think we started out like a lot of bands do. And um, in 2008, there weren't really getting big on the internet wasn't really a thing. I mean, there was some MySpace things here and there, you know, and we were out there, of course. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, So, I mean, there there were a couple things cropping up on on MySpace, that's for sure, but it wasn't the the beast that it is today. Um, And so, you know, we were on MySpace, we were trying to get you know, footing there. Um, we were doing the, the regular handing out flyers thing. And we were just kind of grinding that way. We actually started touring high schools. That was a pretty successful thing for us to kind of like garner an audience. Um, but what we found was that we would tour those high schools, but by the time we got back home, our internet sense had kind of faded a little bit. 
Um, so we decided, you know, that it, we really believed in YouTube and uh, the whole uh, digital online presence. We really thought it was the most important thing. And so we said, you know what, we it's financially really difficult to be touring. Let's just put a pause on that for indefinitely. It ended up being like 10 <laughs> years, but, um, you know, we said, let's, let's stop touring. Let's stop really, you know, we'll play live occasionally, but it won't be really like the main focus anymore. Let's focus on this internet thing and, um, see what kind of, you know, uh, content we can put out. Um, it's definitely gone through different ebbs and flows as, as the internet does. But, um, at one time, con, uh, you know, the uh, quantity was, was King. So it was just about yeah. getting out as many as we could. And we were doing once a week for a long time, like a long, long, long time. Uh, the only thing that really stopped us from putting out that much content, which we actually did love doing, uh, we had a, a son. <laughs> so me, me and my guitarist Brad are, are married and we had our son back in 2019. Um, and that decision kind of came out of, you know, it seems like our band really isn't taking off. It isn't really going anywhere. It's, you know, it's a fun hobby, definitely something to bring in a little something on the side, but it really was not, it did not pay the bills. We were right. doing uh we were in a corporate cover band. We were playing weddings. We were doing jingles for toy commercials and stuff, just whatever we could to try to like pay the bills. And so we said, you know, maybe it is time. We don't want to wait until we're 40 because there's a lot of complications that can come with that. Let's, let's go yeah. ahead and, you know, kind of dive into it. And then literally the next year is when things really started to take off for us. And we're like, like, damn it. Fuck. <laughs> why? So, um, you know, trying to balance being parents and also putting out, you know, living our dreams, basically. This is what we've yeah. worked for our entire lives. I've wanted to be a singer since I was two years old. I've, I've been working since then. It might sound silly, but as a kid, I would sing every single day and I would have concerts in my, my bedroom. Like, okay, how am I going to be able to get through? I can only get through two songs right now before my voice gives out. How can I get to three? And how can I get to four? How can I sing for two hours at a time? So it's really just been a lifelong dream of ours. So we finally get this. And now we have, you know, another beautiful part of our lives to right. try and like do this tug of war with. Um, it's, I would love to say that it's been like a, a successful work-life balance, <laughs> but we're still struggling to find it, man. It's yeah. especially right now, we just moved um, cross country and uh, from, from Phoenix to Nashville. And we made the silly decision to go on tour and release a whole album within two months of, of doing that. And we were like, why, what were we thinking? Why did we do this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the it's, same time, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm so overwhelmed with the the joy and everything of, of people's response on this album so far. It's been really great. Yeah. I, I saw that you guys, uh, I forget what day now, yesterday, maybe uh, announced that Maleficent has been your uh, greatest streaming release so far so yeah. um i i do think it is finally like whether it's the the space that music is in right now like with genres whatever it is something finally has clicked for listeners to be like oh shit like i need to be paying attention to these kids yeah i mean uh, kids oh my gosh i know i'm, I'll I'm 38 as well so i'll take it oh my goodness no yeah um it's it has been really awesome. And yeah, Maleficent has been our most successful. Um, it was our most successful streaming date 
of any song. It outperformed Unholy even, which was our, our greatest cover um, performance. And then um, it's our top performing original on YouTube as well. So that's just a really great indication that that we're doing the right thing. And that's such a great feeling, um, especially with what we put ourselves through these past few weeks, because it's been it's I'm not going to say it's been easy. It's been a lot when you're doing it all yourself. We're talking Brad is yeah. in the editing like he's five minutes before I got on here with you. He's in here editing, a, a, you know, our, our release coming up this Friday. So it's it's just a back and yeah. forth. But we're, we're trying to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that goes back to, you know, I always call it the golden age. We grew up in the golden age of music. So we saw all the DIY, all the effort, like we know what it takes. Right. And I think it, it's a, I'm not trying to shit on kids nowadays, but like, I don't think they have the same level of, of work ethic with it that they don't, I think always don't realize what goes into this, right? Like, it's not just, oh, I can put this song out and then I can just let it go. Like there's so much marketing on the back end. There's so much production especially for you guys as a DIY band um there's the booking for a tour all that like it's not the odds of you being a Justin Bieber putting a song out and being signed yeah. is next to nothing next to nothing absolutely and yeah i think um i think that there is definitely a more DIY approach to life in general now i do think um younger generations are gravitating towards that and kind of understanding that they will probably need to do some of this themselves. Um, I've been seeing some of our own friends kind of, uh, you know, signed to labels and everything like that. And they're really excited about it. And, um, I'm, I'm hopeful for them, but at the same time, I'm, I'm optimistically cautious, uh, yes. because it is, it, you give up so much when you're, you see bands like us, you know, out there just grinding it and you're like okay that's what i need to be doing they start grinding they start gaining the audience they get everything together themselves they're very self-sufficient and then a label comes in and swoops them up and says here's here's your dream you want to be signed to a label this is what you want right and it's right. like you kind of actually already you did it all yourself you don't really need to to hand that over i am all for bringing on extra help you know it's there's right. there's definitely still an end i think there's um an unfortunate divide between what is considered an online creator and then a traditional media band. Um, it's, you know, virtually impossible for them to tour together, um, because of the label restrictions and, um, or collaborate together, you know, those yeah. kinds of things are very, very rare, which I, I just find really unfortunate because I, I think that us with a really strong social media presence with their combined with their traditional radio access, that's an, an unstoppable, um, yeah. you know, combination. And I think that labels are really missing out to not recognize that they just think, no, I just need to steal these people and put them into this, shove them into this hole and right. make them do all the work or whatever. And it's like, why, why can't we just team up? Let's, I think it should be more of a collaborative effort at this point. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, on the label side of stuff, I think being optimistically cautious is the right approach, you know, I've talked about it a few times, but we're, again, of the right generation. We saw the rise of Victory Records and then everything that happened with yeah. that. So yeah, it's that like, messy. yeah, it, it's like, oh, this is really cool for all these bands. And then when the negative side happens, it's like, oh, wow, this fucked a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, there definitely needs to be some degree of caution. And 
not saying that all labels are toxic or no, evil or whatever by all. any means. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right too. Even the best label, to some degree, you lose a little bit of control of who you yeah, are. You do. Yeah. And especially in an age of authenticity, like I've seen, I don't know if you've seen all these viral um, traditional artists. I think Halsey was one of the ones to start it that kind of posted that uh, a TikTok saying, my label is forcing me to release four TikToks this month and they need them to go viral or whatever. Yeah. It is, and they're complaining about it. And like, I, I kind of understand it because from their perspective, that's the point of the label is that you're supposed to do all my marketing and I just get to be an artist. That's kind of right. the, our relationship here. But at the same time, it's just not working that way anymore. You can't just throw up, throw a hundred thousand dollars into advertising and it's going to work. People don't click on ads the same way they are anymore. They want that genuine feeling or even fake genuine. They want right. to believe that they, you know, that you are actually trying to create something for them. And uh, I think that's getting lost in translation, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I had uh, Jake from Between You and Me on and he talked about they were on Hopeless Records, obviously, when yeah. they really started to blow up and now they're independent. They've been released from their contract. They just dropped their new single, Nevermind, and it's doing better than they ever did on the label. And awesome. he's like, it's one of those like, yeah, you know, we he was like, I'm not shit talking hopeless. They did incredible things for us. But like, when we were there, we had this like glass ceiling we couldn't get past, but right. on our own, we're only limited by what we're willing to do and what we're willing to work for. Yeah. It's just more, more middlemen to try and cross through more people to ask permissions of. Um, but you know, there's definitely benefits as well. I mean, like I said, our work-life balance is all out of whack, man. <laughs> like we, we work a lot to try to get this done. And, um, I imagine that if we were, you know, had a label working for us, we'd probably be able to just kind of relax a little bit more. So I get it. I get, I get the, get the allure for sure. Yeah. On, on some things, but again, you know, to, to go back to like the music videos, right. Losing some creativity on that because they go, Oh, you're going to work with this person. And it's like, okay, but that, that person doesn't see the vision. They don't see right. the band, you know? Um, or even for a lot of the music, like, for you and Brad to still be able to have your hands in all of the production and everything versus the label saying, Hey, you're going to go work with, with this guy. And this is exactly how we want you to sound. And it's like, it's definitely something that like, uh, I, even we experienced this where, um, I guess a great example is like, so we have these two music videos that we absolutely love. And I just, I think they've captured exactly what we were trying to say with the music itself. Um, Vita Nova was a music video mm -hmm. that we shot and directed ourselves. Um, all the costume design, everything was completely done by us, except uh, for the director of photography, we, who we outsourced. And we handpicked exactly who we wanted for that. And then, um, a different one, uh, repent, which is a, a just a, just a cinematic masterpiece. Like, I, it, but right. we were basically hands-off from that outside of the band shots. We did, um, film our own band shots for that, but mostly it was, um, a, a guy named Dylan, uh, and he was Versa films. He's so incredibly talented and I'm so glad that he was able to bring our vision to light. But I will say when we watch Vita Nova, there is this amount of pride that we have that we did, we did that. We, right. we, from the ground painted that, starved ourselves that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there is something just so satisfying about being like, that's us. That's we completely from the ground up created that um, piece of art. And it's just, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, there, there's definitely something more satisfying about it. But again, 
that work-life balance, you, you lose that in whenever you're trying to be that hands-on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, there's also a certain degree of like hesitation or like imposter syndrome that comes with that sort yeah. of stuff too. Like mm-hmm. I did, did I do good enough? Am I good enough to do this thing? Like, especially, you know, creating a music video that you guys maybe it isn't in your wheelhouse um, or as far as you're aware, it's not in your wheelhouse. And then you see your finished product and go, oh shit. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but same thing, like when you're putting together an album, you know, as we transition to talk about the the new album, talk a little bit about that mentality of like pouring your, your heart and soul into these original songs. And then like this anticipation that you have building up right now, to, oh, we're going to release this. Is it good enough? Like, did we do all the right things? What's happening? Yeah, there is this crazy chaos that happens in the days leading up to a release, especially one that you're super passionate about. Um, you know, the the regular day-to-day covers, not so much. I'm kind of just like, all right, here's, I got to get my social media stuff together. And it's cool to see people's reactions, but it's not quite the same as um, something like Maleficent, where we are, you know, just really putting so much work and effort into it. Um, and hours. Um, and, and the night before actually releasing Maleficent, Brad pulled an all nighter. He was working till nine in the morning to get that video done. As soon as he pulls that export, I am uploading it to YouTube, creating the thumbnail, you know, like it's just right then and there. And then once it's out, there's this almost kind of weird feeling of like, what now? Like there's, you lo- you lose complete control. You are right. so detailed about every single shot. Oh man, that frame just needed to be zoomed in a half, half an inch closer. You know what I mean? Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can't do anything about this. And now it's just, it's something else now. It's somebody else's, uh, you know, thing to con- consume. Um, so it's, it's, it is definitely very nice when you hear all the, the beautiful comments, but sometimes it doesn't go well. Sometimes you, you know, the views aren't there for whatever reason. I think a great example of this actually, um, one of our most successful originals uh, was actually the one directly before this, Hold Me, Help Me. And um, it did incredibly well on Spotify. Um, people, uh, just the general excitement around it was very obvious. So we you know, kind of had these expectations set a little bit high. We released our music video for it, which was a live music video. Brad spent a lot of time editing it exactly the way that we wanted. And um, we are still very, very proud of that. But for whatever reason, the viewership just wasn't there. And I don't know if it was just a YouTube thing. You know, you kind of can't can't tell. Maybe there wasn't really much interest in a live music video. We don't really know that. But it is hard when you 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 build yourself up like that. Like, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be the this is going to be the one. And then it's just it was all right. You know, that is, that's always kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, for sure. And with the music videos you've done, like, do you see or feel maybe a difference between like live performance videos, regular performance videos, and then like the more cinematic ones like Maleficent, like, are you seeing kind of a trend in where people are devoting that time and viewership to? I do definitely think that people love us um, when we do put a little bit more like cinematic kind of, uh, fuel behind it. Um, but I don't know. I, it kind of depends. It's very, it goes up and down and I, I try not to think about it too much. I try to go based off more what 
the general feeling is behind it, like what yeah. the comments are actually saying versus how many comments there actually are. Because, um, yeah. you know, it is great. I'm so glad that that Maleficent is doing well. Um, but if the comments were just kind of like, great video, guys, like that wouldn't be enough for me to be right. like, hey, we should do that again. Um, just because we, you know, uh, lightning struck once doesn't mean it's going to strike twice. I don't know what the saying saying yeah. is, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's more based off of what that feeling is. Um, repent, for example, I think, unfortunately, because the content of the video, it, it contained abuse, um, because we wanted to cut, I mean, that's what the song is about. So we wanted yeah. to kind of make something that was a little bit difficult to watch, but it became age restricted really fast. And I think it kind of suppressed, um, the, which it should be age restricted, but it, it kind of suppressed the algorithm. I noticed it drop off, um, like just ridiculously um yeah. when that happens they say that it doesn't affect the the viewership but it absolutely does like it has to based on their demographic too right like yeah we know that youtube users like we obviously grew up in that age so we're still prime in it but like the average age of a youtube user maybe is in that restricted area so like it's not just going to show up in the random suggested feed anymore I, do, I have I have a theory that I actually think it impacts overall. I don't know why it necessarily does, but we've just noticed it pretty consistently. Our audience is not younger. We have a yeah. more like it's either our our age, maybe a little bit younger, and then older from there. Um, but we just noticed that the the viewership just drops off once it gets age restricted. Um, just overall, by for everybody, um, which is just kind of unfortunate because it just means that we have to be more careful and not maybe not as artistic as we want to be, um, you know, like uh, self-expressive as we as yeah. we would like to be. Um, so that's like kind of a, a good reading there is like, but the comments of that video were so much like, thank you, Halicine, for creating this. This helped me so much. And the amount of people that come to me saying Repent is one of the most important songs in their life or something like, you know, you get that feeling, you know, you can tell yeah. when it's, um, you know, something that you should double down on it nope that's okay we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going at it yeah and I, I think it goes into recognizing different levels of success and different measures of success right mm -hmm. like sure a million followers would be an incredible thing yeah but if you only have 40 people that are ever commenting on your videos do you really have a million fans or do you have 40 fans that was know? kind of what we experienced with uh the octave higher thing as as incredible as it was and how um, viral uh i went for it i kind of had to pull back because i noticed that there wasn't this proper crossover between fans um you know the fans that enjoy our our original music aren't always, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't, it definitely does cross over, but in general, that audience was more like, um, they liked Broadway or like, you yeah. know, musical or just like singing in general, like that's what their interest was. And, um, even though I, I, you know, try to, I consider myself an okay singer. Uh, I think that that's, they, they weren't really looking for that kind of content. So I had to kind of as difficult as it was kind of pull away from that a little bit, or just try to integrate it a little bit better. Like, okay, let's sing a song that, uh, you know, our band might cover, but an octave higher, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the album a little bit. So we've touched on Maleficent. Um, you've got Repent on the album, uh, Hold Me, Help Me. For you with this album, the, the mentality going in, right? Like you're not a, you're not a concept band by any means, but looking at the track listing and hearing the, the content, there's obviously a theme and a story that's being told 
Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, we democratize our band. We let um, the fans kind of guide us and in, in what they think is, is uh, working. And so we actually do the albums backwards. We don't record a bunch of songs and then release them all at once because I just feel like it, it doesn't really necessarily give each single or each song the proper attention that it deserves. We really prefer to release each single, have its moment to shine, and then at the end of it, kind of bring bring it all together and create this album that that somehow always seems to make sense. Like, I don't know that we're necessarily trying as much as we're just listening to what the fans are saying and kind of being like, okay, you like this direction. Okay, what are we going to, what are we going to build off of that? Yeah. Um, so this album... I think what kind of came from it is this feeling of everything a little bit outside of the norm. Um, anything that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, whether it's talking about mental health, whether it's talking about sexuality, sex, sexy time, yeah. whether it's talking about, um, you know, uh, I, I think Maleficent specifically is talking about me finding my own self-confidence um, specifically with like my own body and feeling like it doesn't matter if I want to show my skin, I should be able to do that. So kind of covering these topics that are a little outside the norm, a little, maybe, maybe a little uncomfortable. We talk about abuse with repent, um, which and unholy, of course, that's just right. <laughs> speaks for itself. That's a cover, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's still, we bring it back to the, the same kind of thematic feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it is like, I think it's interesting that you do it that way because I think as we've gotten older, you know, when we were growing up, you went out and you bought the album and you listened to the whole damn thing. Mm -hmm. But once the digital age really started taking off, it's so easy for people to skip around or only even maybe only hear the one song because of release radar or whatever. And it's like the, the attention span, I don't think is really there for people to go find the full album or, you know, dive into the music. No. And I'm 100% guilty of that. I mean, when, when albums used to come out, it was on a CD or a, a cassette tape. Right. So yep. The effort of taking the CD out and putting a new one and like, you're not going to do that just to hear one song. That's, that's really cumbersome. Right. So I think just the nature of it was just, you have this piece of work. It's stuck in, I can't get it out. The thing is broken. It won't come out. That happened to my yeah. car. <laughs> the used got stuck in my car and I was like, guess I'm listening to this for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, so I think that it just kind of changed when, when digital media became, you know, the thing that it is. And instead of kind of uh, moping around, oh, why aren't they listening to, they don't listen to the good songs. They only listen to the singles. I'm like, eh, why can't we think about this in a different way? How can we make sure that, um, you know, each of these, pieces are getting their, their, you know, time to shine, um, so to speak. And I, I think, I mean, I'm, I feel really confident about it. I, I, you know, people still choose to do the album route where they sit down and record a bunch of songs all at once. And that's cool. Um, but I, th I just don't think it works for us. I think, you know, we've tried, we've done that in the past. You get a little bit burnt out. And I don't want to say you like suddenly start putting out songs that are, uh, you know, not, as worthy or something, but I do think that kind of naturally happens in that situation where you're, you're sitting down. Okay. I got to get an album. I got to put out 12 songs or whatever it yeah. is. Okay. I guess we got to come up with another one. It's not necessarily like where we just kind of let it flow and say, okay, well, we, you know, we should probably get another song out. It's been about three months or something. We like to kind of try to make sure we're putting out three originals a year. That's our own personal goal. Um, and 
that kind of gives us a deadline, but it doesn't pressure us into making sure that we've got an overwhelming amount of the same like yeah. content. I don't know. It's just, it, you know, we get to go back and forth between the covers, which is really lighthearted and, um, and then, you know, getting really detailed with our originals and it's a good, good ebb and flow. Yeah. And well, and I think, you know, too the, the old school album that it's wrong, you know, it depends on the yeah. band or whatever, but the old school album route, like with some of the artists I've talked to even here recently, you know, here we are technically two years after the pandemic and they're still releasing albums that were written in or pre pandemic because they had right. to hold on to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the labels um, making those decisions for them. Yeah. They probably were like, just put it out. We don't care. We want this music out. But I can't imagine like having a whole bunch of songs that you wrote two years ago and trying to feel that same excitement about it. I would be very like, oh, thank God it's finally out. But not like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm ready to do new music by this time. Like, I just couldn't imagine doing it that way. <laughs> just yeah. No, I, I just had an artist on a couple of weeks ago that was almost that exact sentiment. They just released an album and he's like, I've already got the next album ready. Like yeah, I already yeah. have moved on, but I, I have to go tour on this now. And like, right. You know, like you said, it's kind of not that you ever intentionally grow out of, especially your original work, no, but yeah. like you age and mature the songs that you were writing when you were 17 are not the songs that you relate to at, at 28, you know, mm -hmm. it's just not the same person. Well, I mean, it's the same thing as just being obsessed with a song. You, you get obsessed with uh, a song and you listen to it on repeat for, you know, two months and you're like, okay, I, you know, I still love this song. I will love to listen to it. But that, that initial, wow, how is this, this good feeling? Right. It's just kind of gone. It's not, it's not really there the same way. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the incredible people that you've gotten to work with over the last couple of years as well. Um, I actually had David Michael Frank on and he spoke very highly of you. Um, oh, and then, and then you guys have done a buttload of work with Lauren Babick and yeah. you're actually getting ready to tour with her. So talk about, you know, forming these friendships over the, the digital age and then being able to like collaborate and see each other grow in that cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious to us um, as uh, <laughs> media influencers um, <laughs> that collaboration is key to to growing an audience, um, at, even at the lowest level. Even if you're talking, you've got 100 subscribers, just find another person that's also got 100 subscribers or 101. You know, maybe they've right. got a little bit more than you or something. And that, and then you guys share the audiences. It, it almost always works as long as the the, um, you know, genre or whatever topic it is, is very, is slightly similar. Um, and yeah, and I, we kind of got to this point in our band, we were like, that's what we want to do. We want to work with as many people as possible because even in our like corporate band, what we found when we were doing these covers that we probably wouldn't have wanted to play otherwise, like, I'm not going to say I love playing the black eyed peas, but <laughs> it gave me a lot of insight into like what they're, what I've sang that song so many times. I got a feeling I, I know every little tiny digital bit of that song, whether it's conscious or subconscious, I've learned a lot from that. And right. I think that also comes from collaboration. You see how someone else is doing something and um, you learn a bit from it. So uh, 
besides gaining an audience, you're also gaining perspective and then also gaining friendships. Of course, if, if it, you know, you guys really gel, um, David is absolutely incredibly talented. And, uh, he came out with us on our last summer tour and, um, it was just so much fun, such a blast. And he's just so incredibly talented and such a hard worker, very business motivated. And I would say even more, um, digitally, uh, savvy than we yeah. are as far as like what what to be doing next you know he's got his ideas for his music videos and he's like I'm gonna let the fans do it and start. I don't know I don't know what his plans are but he's he's just really really innovative that way um Lauren is it's just I mean she's one of my best friends um and we actually all collectively decided to move to Nashville together um because yeah. we just really felt like the the team just worked it made sense um and we were definitely isolated with our work. Um, it's, it, you know, when you are independent like this and the amount of work that you're doing, it takes a lot of self-motivation and not a lot of socialization. Um, if you are collaborating, which is what we loved to do, we found that we made really, really good friends over the internet, but it's not the same as being in person. Right. Um, you know, you kind of, as a human, you regardless of if you're introverted or not, I do consider myself a pretty introverted person social interaction is still a good thing to have, you know, on yeah. a regular basis. You still need that to be kind of a, a functional human being. And um, we knew that we would never be able to stop working. So, uh, you know, we couldn't slow down our work to go and have regular friends. So we all kind of collectively said, what if we just all live in the same city, we get our work done, but we can do this kind of collaboration effort. And, um, you know, I can come over to your house and we can film a video or we can just make a TikTok together. I don't know, just whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit more than just kind of trying to do it by yourself in your room, which is just, uh, it can get lonely at times. So <laughs> yeah, we're excited yeah. about that. And Lauren's coming out on tour with us, which is just always just a blast. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And so that tour is kicking off at the end of this month. Um, yes. Uh, at the end of May. So May 31st through looks like June the 15th, mm -hmm. um, hitting a lot of what, or sorry, East coast and, uh, South places. And then a little bit of the Midwest with Indiana and Ohio sprinkled in there. Um, talk about kind of, cause I don't think casual fans, as I am going to refer to them, I don't think they understand the complexities of booking a tour and it's always like why aren't you coming closer to me yes. because I can't always come closer to you <laughs> yeah um yeah so these this set of dates is um kind of a collection of things that we weren't able to hit on our last two um, uh, American tours um we unfortunately got COVID halfway through our uh our not even halfway, like right at the beginning um, of our, our tour um, in, in summertime. So we didn't hit a few places. So we wanted to catch those places and then kind of add in the other places that we weren't able to, to get to. Um, so that's kind of what this is kind of like a, like making up for the things that we didn't, we weren't able to reach last year. And then, yeah, man, trying to book a tour is really hard. There's, there's a lot that's involved that I'm sure uh, people aren't totally aware of. Um, and I also have a personal um, requirement that my tours don't go any longer than three weeks. I just don't feel right leaving my three-year-old son for more than three weeks yeah. at a time. Um, as he gets older, that might be different. Or if we somehow come across a bunch of money and he can just come on tour and I can have a nanny <laughs> and a full, like, but I can't, he can't sit in the van, like with 
right. eight, eight <laughs> other people. Like that's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now it's just not an option for him to come with us. But if we ever had the budget or anything, yeah, I would do longer tours. I would, I would come to Brazil. Let's do it. <laughs> <Right>. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not a, not a lack of desire, but more just a lack of resources, uh, financially and just, um, honestly, just your gas runs, runs out, man. It's, it's yeah. a lot for sure. Especially when you don't have the budget it's, we're not traveling in a bus or anything like that. It's, it's rough. We're roughing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was something, uh, Jake and I talked about was them coming over from Australia to be over here for about a month. And it's, he's like, it's literally the four of us in the band and one person to help us with merch. Like that's yeah. it. And now we're driving across the country. Like there's, yes, there was one night I forget they played like Milwaukee and then the next night was Omaha, Nebraska. And it's like a nine, 10 hour drive. And he's like, I'm probably going to start that drive, get off stage, pack up and I'm starting that drive, you know? Um, and I, again, I just don't think that's always taken into consideration. So it's not that, you know, to your point, it's not that I don't want to come closer than three hours to you. It's that I can't physically get there. Yeah, we, we do. We drive our own van. We pack up our own shit. I am, I am putting all the merch together, counting up how much it's going to be. You know, um, a lot of times we are handling almost all of that by ourselves. Uh, we do have a couple of people on hand this tour because the, the last tours have been so successful. So even just the two people that we have coming to help us is going to be so amazing. Like I can't yeah. stress to you, but it is again, it's eight people in a van. That's what it is. That's our tour. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's just a, it's a lot um, to just try to handle yourselves and you're living on gas station food. Um, so many people are like, can I, can I take you out to dinner, you know, beforehand or whatever? And I'm like, when we don't have time for that, we drive directly to the venue. We set up, um, you know, maybe there's some time between doors and like when we play, but then we strike, we get out of there, we go to our Airbnb, sleep for maybe eight hours if we're lucky and then head to the next place. So it's just, it's, it's definitely chaotic, but we do love it at the same time. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, looking at the schedule, you guys are coming from Columbus to Indianapolis, uh, which will be the show that I'll be at. Um, but that's a solid four and a half hour drive. And that doesn't sound big, but that's after I've played a show that's driving through the night to hopefully get to Indianapolis in time. Or even if you, like you said, stay in Columbus that night and get up and try to drive in, like there's, there's issues and God forbid, yeah. you know, we blow a tire or, right. you know, yeah. construction, whatever Which happens it is all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we actually made a, made a point to stop. Um, our friends first to 11 are in Erie, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to make a detour. Uh, we have one day off and we're going to spend that day off going to Erie to film a cover video. Cause I want to be in person with them. So it's, you know, it's things like that, that maybe you aren't really necessarily thinking about where we're trying to make this, uh, valuable and making our time valuable while we're on the road. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun, but it is like just another little added thing that we got to think about, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know how it is for you, but you know, I'm a big yellow card fan. I've talked to Ryan a million times now. Um, and they've always set up theirs as well, where it's like three days on one day off and it's for yep. vocal rest. Like yes, it is. I can't, I could physically go out and sing eight days in a row, but it's 
going to decline very quickly around day five. Yeah, our last tour was in Europe. It was 18 dates with one day off. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, we even had at, at some point, Brad's voice had completely given out, come to screaming and we're like, he just has to take the night off. What are we gonna do? We had um, a fan come up and scream for him uh, once that was a lot of fun. We had uh, our tour manager come out and scream <laughs> for him because that was a lot of fun. So we just try to make it silly. But yeah, it's true. It's like if you don't have that time off, like, I mean, we're, we're I would consider us pretty well seasoned as far as like um, how much we sing because of our live streams. Um, so we're, we're pretty, you know, well protected. I definitely take really good care of my voice, but man, that, it's a lot. So yeah, even on this tour, we're like, please, you have to give us some more tickets off. It's just not going to work. <laughs> and, and like you said, especially on tour, like you're not being able to eat the healthiest. It's gas no. station food. It's stuff no. like that. So there's you know, climate you, changes a yeah. lot of the time. Like in, uh, when you go into the desert, it gets really dry and your voice isn't prepared for that. So it, there's a lot to consider. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with this tour, um, again, obviously we're starting up here in just a couple of weeks, um, running for, you know, three weeks ish. What can people expect? What's, you know, what's your guys's obviously bring the noise, right? But like, what's your game plan for this tour? Yeah. So we try to keep it 50, 50 when it comes to covers and originals. So that's usually the biggest question is how, how do you guys split it and whatever. And we just found it's the most exciting, uh, way for us to, to, express ourselves artistically but also just have a killer time uh because man you know when someone hears their favorite song come on it's just it's just nuts the crowds go yeah. crazy and i'm we're always we've always been in the the mindset of we want to have the best experience with the fans if they're just standing there you know listening to a song that they may have never heard that's not fun for us like it's right. it, you know as artistically satisfied as we may be it's like it means nothing if they're not like jumping up and down and losing their goddamn minds so um <laughs> we try to make it as exciting as possible um my favorite part about our show because a lot of people ask this as well um how is lauren incorporated she's actually a part of our band so we don't just you know have her open for us or something like that yeah. we bring her out on stage we sing a bunch of songs together some of the songs that we've done together and some that we haven't so you get to see her on some of our originals that you've never seen before or you know whatever us on yeah. a a cover of hers that's done really well. Um, so yeah, it, and we get to harmonize and, you know, just go nuts together and just feed off of each other's energy. And it's just a blast. So I think that's, that's how we kind of keep everybody on their toes. Yeah. Um, you've been releasing new merch designs and stuff like that to go along with this album. Is that all planned to be available uh, throughout the tour and everything as well? So we try to keep it different for whatever you can get on the website and what you get on tour. I just think that's, uh, I know, I know people have a lot of FOMO with that, but <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's super fun for us. We do sometimes have some leftover stock. So if you do see something that, you know, people are showing up uh, on tour, like taking pictures with, and it's something that you really, really want. When we get home, I do announce, you know, whatever's left over. I, I try and, you know, sell online, but sometimes, sometimes they go really quickly. I'm really excited about the VIP shirt. I actually think it's one of my favorite shirts that we've ever made. Um, and it's, uh, it only can come if you get the VIP package. Uh, so yeah, we, we try and mix it up, but it's, um, it's a lot of fun coming up with different merch designs. So we try to get as creative as we can. Yeah. Um, so 
the thing I've been doing as uh, <laughs> recently, because I, again, refuse to sit down and think of, of transition and closing questions. <laughs> uh, I, I bought this game called Hot Takes. Um, and it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity. Just like Is that Hot opinion. Tamales? Hot Takes. I know, but it looks like the Hot Tamales. Oh, yes. It, <laughs> it definitely does look like Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've just been using these for like the last... I don't know, six episodes and it's been working it. out really well. So uh, the first one I've got for you is that waffles are better than pancakes. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm a pancake person. I think I like like uh, food integration and I just feel like it doesn't, it doesn't like a waffle is great, but once you like throw like chocolate chips and blueberries, maybe that's as far as you can go. A pancake you got like cheesecake pancakes. You got crazy. I don't know. They just are more creative with the pancakes. I don't know yeah. if that's, they're just, they're just discriminating against the, the waffles or something, but um, pancakes all the way. Yeah. Well, and uh, I actually had that same question for uh, an artist named Baby the other day. And we were talking about it more like, when have you ever went out somewhere and gotten a waffle and enjoyed it? Like waffles are so easy to get fucked up. No. But but I can go to IHOP and get pancakes or wherever and get pancakes and be fine. Like See, McDonald's pancakes are okay. Brad is super weird because he's like, I don't like real waffles. He only likes Eggos. Like he will not eat. He will not eat hmm. like a genuine, like Belgian waffle. You know, he's like, those are disgusting, but Eggos are just the way to go. I'm like, you're a, a child, but okay. <laughs> does he, does he only microwave them as well? Or <laughs> <laughs> So they're nice and soggy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the second one I've got might be interesting because if I remember right, Arizona does this weird anyway. Uh, we should stop doing daylight savings time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we should definitely do that. Um, yeah, in Arizona, they do not uh, observe daylight saving. I almost said honor. They don't honor <laughs> daylight savings time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was actually quite frustrating when we lived in Phoenix because everybody else did change, right? So right. whenever our we did our live streams every single week or whenever we would say that something was coming out at a certain time, we had to change what time we did things so that we yeah. would say the hour behind with everybody else or like so that it wouldn't change for them. It was so frustrating. And yeah. as much as I don't like the time changing, I actually am much happier in a place that does time change because you don't have to change your own schedule. Right. Uh, but if y'all could just get with the program, I'm, I'm just saying like, we could all just be fine and not have to change. <laughs> right. And like back in the 1800s, when it was all like set up because general yeah. stores were only open to a certain yeah. time. Sure. Some makes bullshit. sense. That is not cool, man. It's no. like a new thing. Like yeah. that's not cool. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's absolutely insane. So, um, awesome. Obviously I'll link all your socials and everything, but where can people find you online? What's kind of the best way to interact with you guys? Oh, all the places. Um, right. <laughs> is definitely the main one. Um, you can follow us on Twitch, um, definitely on TikTok. We're posting there basically every day. Our YouTube as discussed, is definitely a big place to come check us out. One of my personal favorite places is a little more underground, but our discord community is just fantastic. Um, not just even if you're a, a fan of us, but, um, just just for like emotion, emotional support, people are always there just lifting each other up. And I just think it's really cool. So definitely join our discord if you're, if you're a fan of ours. 
Yeah. See, and I love Discord as well. And I don't understand how it's not gotten more popular than what it is. Like, I think people still just associate it with like the gaming community yeah. or something. Yeah, I think that happens with a lot of things. They kind of have this this ceiling to break through when it comes to like Twitch and then Discord and it's stuff. And it's like, you guys are sleeping on like probably some of the best content out there, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Discord's super cool, like you said, because A, you know, joining a server, but then there's so many, you can add multiple channels. So now we have a merch design channel. Now we have a, a yeah. mental health space, whatever it is. And like, you can just be a, a Hallocene fan and see other examples of, of work or whatever. It just encourages conversation more, I feel mm -hmm. like. So like we actually run our Patreon. We have a Patreon page, um, but I just have it basically all on Discord because I prefer the more interactive, like us releasing something or, or asking a poll or like saying, getting some advice from them and then being able to talk amongst each other and see what the conversation is rather than just like comments, which just feel very individual. And even though you right. can reply to a comment, it's just not the same as being like a live chat room where it's feeling living and breathing. Like you're actually being able to interact with these people. I just think it, it breeds for more, um, uh, more in-depth conversations and more, yeah. more subtlety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be sure to link that in the uh, description yeah. of the podcast as well. So Addy, I really appreciate your time. Like I said, Thank I will you. be there at the Indianapolis show, um, do some photography for you and whatnot. And awesome. um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for you guys. Like I said, I think it's been a long time coming and I don't know how you flew under the radar for this long, but oh. I'm glad it's finally starting to get the recognition Thank it you. deserves. That's really kind. And again, just saying flying under the radar is just the nicest, basically completely obscure is what we're a submarine we're, on a radar. That's what it's we're fine. really saying here. <laughs> Thank you. That's really, really kind. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. And I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. This will be going live, uh, the 24th. So okay. the, the album will be out and then, awesome. uh, this will drop right before tour. So Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You too. You go have a good night and, uh, you know, and stay safe on tour. Thank you. I'll see you around. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Addie from the band Hallocene. Um, really hope you guys enjoyed it. I absolutely loved talking with her and, you know, being able to provide you guys some of this insight to the band and, um, just, you know, allow more of their personality to come through. You know, if you guys uh, start looking them up on TikTok or Twitch or anything, really, um, you'll see that they absolutely fucking love what they do. And it's it's very easy to see um, to anyone that, you know, pays attention. And uh, I meant what I said there at the end that I think this has been a very long time coming for them. And Really excited to see where this all goes. They did just drop their latest uh, album, and it's called Maleficent. You guys can go check that out now. They did this really dope cover as well on that album. Uh, it's Closer by Nine Inch Nails, if you missed us talking about that, um, which also features Kayla King and Lauren Babick. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fucking dope. You guys need to you know, go check it out. Uh, also get ready. They are getting ready to head out on tour very, very soon as of this episode going live in just about a week. So 
um, you know, right around the beginning of June, very end of May, you're going to see them start popping up uh, in towns near you. And I've said it a million times, guys, but even if they don't come to your town, please be sure that you get out and and show support if they come anywhere reasonably close to you. Um, you know, it is incredibly difficult to book a tour and hit everywhere that you want to go, but, uh, they're definitely trying. They've got a great little run of shows coming up. So if you're in, um, the Southeast, little bit of the Midwest, um, you're definitely going to have a shot to see them. Um, and I think that it's going to be a show that you don't want to miss. Uh, it's definitely something that I'm not going to miss. I will be at the Indianapolis date. Um, and yeah, again, huge shout out. As always, I'll have all their socials and everything linked in the description of the podcast. So be sure that you jump over, give them a share, a like, subscribe, follow, all of that. Uh, especially on Twitch. They do a shitload on Twitch. So... Be sure you follow them or subscribe over there so that you can stay up to date with, honestly, virtually daily um, little live streams between her and and Brad. And, you know, it, it's really cool to see them take a bunch of different songs and restylize them or just do, you know, quote unquote standard covers and just let their personalities out. They're a band of the people for sure. So... Um, that's everything guys, as always, thank you so much for your support. If you could give us a like, share, subscribe, follow all the free shit, uh, that we ask you to do, whether it's on your favorite streaming platform, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, that support means the world to me. So really appreciate it, you guys. And remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And you make the scene.